You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to The Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about Financial Transformation to 10X Your Business. And I'm super excited to have a very successful guest with me, Damian Lupo. Let me tell you about him. He became an entrepreneur when he was just 11 years old. And in the last 25 years, he's owned companies in insurance, precious metals, financial consulting, real estate, and venture capital. He's an author of five books, and he's earned four black belts, Today he focuses on creating a community focused on a 10x factor of growth and impact. Welcome, Damien, and thanks for sharing part of your day. What else would you like to add to that introduction? You know, I bet I, that was kind of amazing. I, I want to meet that guy. He sounds really busy. He sounds like he's got a lot on his plate. <laughs> <laughs> busy but successful. So this is going to be an incredible podcast. Is there anything you wanted to add that I didn't mention? I think you really hit on the highlights, the, the things that are, that are really valuable um, in, in, in my life and the things that the, the black belts, the, the study there. I think anybody that has ever gone into that space would can really appreciate the, the thing that you don't get a black belt in five minutes going to a sporting goods store, that you, you spend basically a lifetime focused on something about your own mastery and, and personal development. So anything that we have in our lives where we can go deep into it, like martial arts, I think is exceptionally valuable. So if people have that, they get it. And if they don't, I would encourage them to find something they can go deep on and really develop the mastery. Wow, what a way to kick off the show. I took a little bit of Taekwondo, and I think I got up to, does it go white, yellow, orange? There is all sorts of of rainbow flavorings with all those different uh, systems and the belts. We, We basically went from white to brown to black. And so you basically were a white belt for three or four years, and then all of a sudden you had some color on your on yourself, and you realized, wow, I'm about to become a black belt. And then when you actually did become the black belt, you thought, I hardly even know anything. I feel like I'm just a, a real student now. So it's, it's kind of this funny transition to what you think it's going to be, and then you get there. It's kind of like making your first million. You're like, oh, cool, I made a million dollars. Now what do I do? Like, I feel like I don't hardly know anything, but it's part of the process. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I didn't. I thought it would be standardized, like everybody goes through the same colors, because ours was – like one class and then you got to the next color. But anyway, let's talk business for sure, and we can weave in martial arts in the way. So you have a broad range of skills. I was checking out your website. So today let's focus on business management and money. Sound good? It sounds great. Perfect. A lot of our listeners are new to their business in the first couple of years. What advice would you give to the entrepreneurs when money seems to be going out faster than it's coming in? The two things that, that I made a mistake on that cost me a lot over a 10-year period, they probably cost me uh, 5 to $10 million easy. The, the, the two things are not measuring from day one and not time blocking. So those two things are, are critical from the very beginning. People tend to avoid measuring money and, and the metrics of their business are sort of on the back burner until it gets bigger. But the problem is they create a big old mess 
in the process of, of getting something going. And so measuring everything from day one, and really, if you don't know what to measure, it's that's where a great coach can give you an idea how to structure things. And then time blocking, because we are being hit by a million things in a million directions from screens to people to noise to media, whatever. And we have to time block. And Gary Keller does a great job in The One Thing, his book, The One Thing, on giving people a framework to cut these chunks of time down and and say, okay, this this 90 minutes every single day is going to be cut out. There's nothing that can get to me. My phone's off, all this outside distractions off, my door is shut, and all I'm going to do is going to be in this space where I'm making phone sales calls or or whatever those things are. So time blocking and measuring the actual numbers of our business, those two things have to be done up front and all the time or you're doomed. I love that. So that perfectly leads into my next question. Since we specialize in productivity and systems, what systems do you suggest for people right at the start of their company? Because what I see is people don't think about systems until they're drowning in new business, and then they see what broke because they didn't put it in place. So what systems would you recommend from the start? The, the first thing you have to ask yourself is, what am I great at? What do I suck at? And whatever you suck at, you need to find the people that are really great at those things and make sure that you're a part, they're a part of your team so that you're not being the jack of all trades. And a lot of times people make the mistake of, of waiting because they don't think they can afford things. Like I can't afford a bookkeeper, but really a bookkeeper doesn't cost too much. And if you don't have that person doing it, you're going to be trying to sell things and you're not really, you're not going to realize what your numbers are doing. So the first thing is to figure out who's on your team and make sure that you are not the entire team and find people. There are a lot of people in our lives that will support us and give us some of the, the help we need, or it could be Upwork or Freelancer or these different places where we can get support for very little money. The, the big mistake a lot of entrepreneurs make in the beginning is they just take on everything because they don't think they can afford things, and it's really small thinking, and it's completely opposite of 10x thinking. Very small thinking. Wow, you must have read my questions ahead of time because that's my next question. You mentioned it's not about 10% growth anymore. It's about 10x growth. So what are some ways to achieve that level of growth? You've done a lot of really amazing stuff. How did you get there? Well, the, the, the thing that I was always really good at was, was looking at really big goals and really big ideas. And the mistake that we make when we think, I'm going to, I'm going to do better by 10%, like I'm making 50 grand a year right now, and I'm going to bump that up by 10 or 20%. The problem with that type of goal, the, seeing that future, you, your daily activities have to be, they have to use the past to justify them. And so you're going to basically be dragging your past because everything you did in the past, you're going to try to incrementally increase it. The problem with that is everything's exponentially expanding and you're going to get run over by somebody that's thinking 10 times bigger. And your, your vision is going to keep you stuck using legacy systems, legacy technology, old, old ways of doing things. And because everything is being, it's exponentially changing, technology is changing so rapidly, you have to be willing to look into the future and see where things are going. Like Wayne Gretzky used to say, go to where the puck is going to be, not where it was or where it is. And, and so 10x thinking forces you to ask the question, uh, what, what does it need to look like? What do I need to have in place? Who do I need to have here that's probably not here? Like a year ago, for example, I had a business started and I had a group of people involved. Today, 90% of the people that were part of that start are gone. And it's a completely different group of people. I had to 10x the thinking and 10x the people. And so we have to always be doing that. And it's literally a part of my daily rhythm. Every day when I get up, it's a 10x practice of setting my goals and thinking about disrupting myself before somebody else can. That's pretty insightful. I like that. I had a guest yesterday on my show who said, what if today you would... 1,000 times your income, so you're making whatever you're making, add three zeros to it. What would break in your company? Like, what don't you have in place now? Because going to that level of growth is really, it stretches you, it stresses you. It's like, what 
doesn't work. So I love that, that your guys are on the same page. At what point should a business owner consider some funding, some venture capital? Well, one of the things that I, I love that my friend Damon John says, he'll, he'll talk about the power of broke and, and really how dangerous it is to go get money because money can make you really stupid. And the times where I've either made a lot of money or I had a lot of money funded from either debt or private equity, it, it makes you do things that you wouldn't normally do. In the very beginning of real estate, for example, I had no money. I had a credit card with probably ten or $15,000 on it. I used a big chunk of that just to buy a house, to take a cash advance out, and then the, the other part of it to do repairs. I hardly had any money, so I had to be really resourceful. If somebody had handed me $100,000 and said, go do it, we believe in you, I would have had the coolest Herman Miller chair and the best desk and probably a new car, so I'd be all uh, snazzy and flashy. And I would have made really dumb decisions. I would have lost the money, and then I would have realized, okay, this is about selling something. It's about creating value. And so the time to get money is when you're going to put fuel into the fire because all money is is just fuel. If your engine isn't set up and you don't know how to fly your vehicle or, or whatever you're using, you're in trouble because you're just going to burn out or stall out. And so money is only important it's only valuable, it's only useful when you actually have a system that can scale with the money, not when you just think money is going to be the solution because it's probably not. So have you had quite a few people give you venture capital or private equity? Yeah, I've had, over the years, over the last 20 years, I've, I've had millions and millions that have been given to me that have been invested with me in projects. And what happens usually is there's always this uh, very often there's a moment of stupidity. You just you get stupider and you get lazier when you have a big flood of money. So I, one, one of my other friends, um, a lot of people have heard of him, Grant Cardone, will talk about how you always want to stay broke. Even you just want to, even when you have money coming in, you don't want to be, you don't want to see it. You want to have it reinvested somewhere. You ha- you want to have it outside of your your vantage point in front of you. If you see it in your in your computer. You're going to be making decisions. You're going to be making bad decisions about how you can spend it or how you can consume it. So when, when I get money, I do my best to not have it in front of me, and I do my best to find ways to develop things, ideas or tools or investments without my money because money generally makes you lazier. So when you requested this money or it came to you, did you ever struggle with the decision of control versus having the money? Like didn't you have to give up a little bit of equity to get that money? Yeah, the, the, one of the things that I like about money, so that this is not like money is bad, the, the thing I like about money is that even though I'm giving up some of the ownership, I, I'm really careful about maintaining control of things. And, and the reason that I like having money involved is because the money is attached to people. And what I really want is the people's participation. So when I do investments with companies, I'm looking for a relationship with somebody where I'm, I become an insider. Tim Ferriss talks about why he does it. It's the same reason where we want to be a part of the internal conversation, at least have an ear into something or the ability to connect with people that you couldn't have if you weren't one of the insiders. And the people that invest in my businesses have the same thing. They have access to me whenever they want. And it's a lot, it's really, it's a lot harder to get access to somebody if you're not an investor compared to when you are an investor. You have unbelievable access to what's going on and what else they might be thinking about and their networks. That's what you're really investing with when you, start, when you talk about venture capital. It's not the dollars. That's the least important part. So have you actually contributed your money to somebody else's project? Oh, yeah. I've absolutely. I've invested with people's stuff. Typically, I've been a, my investments have, have not been great in other things that where um, people were doing ventures. I was investing in them, really not so much because of what they were doing today, but because I believed in them and whether their project worked today or not wasn't 
the most important thing. It was the next project or it was the deal that's going to happen five or 10 years down the road. So I'm investing in a project now for the long-term relationship. I don't really care if somebody's thing fails. And I think that's a really important thing when people are investing. It's not about hitting a home run. It's, it, the person may strike out. You want to know that that person is going to be somebody you want to invest with for the next 10 or 20 years. That to me is why we invest as venture capitalists. That's really, really good advice because I was at Denver Startup Week. We have one of the, the largest free startup weeks in the U.S., which is pretty cool. So if you ever get a chance to come to it, it's pretty cool. But I've gotten to meet a lot of venture people, and they said I think only one out of ten deals works or three out of ten. Is that true? It's that low? Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty low. Most, most of them fail, and it's not because the idea is bad. It's because people don't execute on it and, or the timing is off. Like I invested in a in a, a high-end car club. It was kind of like a country club with Lamborghinis and Ferraris and all this stuff so you could actually drive these things. And it was a cool idea and it gave people access to stuff that they, like their dreams, their bucket list, their, their vision boards at any point in their life. The problem is it was started in like 2006, 2007, right before the collapse. And in 2008, nobody wanted to spend $40,000 to be part of a car club. So what if that guy or that girl dusted off that idea and launched it today? Do you think it would be more successful or if they moved on? I, you know, if, if they went and did it again, they, they're, because we're in an, in an economy, the sharing economy, the app, this, everything is a service economy, I think there's, there's potential there just like private jet travel is going to become an app like Uber is. I mean, all these things are happening and it may have just been early and the timing with the collapse is off. So yeah, could it work today? Potentially. And I think there are other higher end type of services that are being offered with the car industry. I think he probably had a similar uh, reaction to me when I lost a ton of money in real estate, I, he, he probably curled up and, and the, the founder of the company and probably took a big time out. I don't know if he really wants to get back into it. It took me five, six years to really want to look at real estate after I lost $20 million of real estate. Yeah, that's a lot of money for sure. So you mentioned Wayne. Where do you see the puck going? Where do I see the where? The puck. Any insights into what, besides the sharing economy, what, what else is going to be hot pretty soon? I think that there's going to be massive amounts of disruption with, with artificial intelligence, doing things, deciding things, the robotics that are going to be taking people's jobs out. I think we have to start thinking beyond what we've been doing. So whether we've got businesses or whether we've got jobs that are uh, that have been around, have been very stable, even if they're intelligent jobs, things like lawyers and doctors, we have to start thinking about the technology that's going to disrupt them. All of these things are going to be disrupted or dismantled because of AI. There's a great book called The Rise of Robots. Everyone should read this book because it'll really tell you uh, what's coming. And, and there's a way to, to utilize that and be a part of the solution, or you can run scared and get run over. So I, I think we need to really understand that and, and start realizing that it's about people, that connecting with people is more important than something we can do because most of the things we can do can be automated or outsourced or completely robotized. Wow, that's cool. I'm going to go check our library. I've decided I no longer buy books because so many other speakers give me their books. So now I only go to the library because I'm getting books all over my house. So I strongly encourage people to get the books unless you really like it, then you can mark it up. So Rise of Robots, right? Rise of Robots. Awesome. Hey, I loved your podcast media page showing where you've interviewed. I know many of the people like One Click Lindsay and Angel Jones, Donald Kelly. How do you tie, like what's your, your favorite, your most favorite topic to talk about? I, I love the, the topic when we dive into presence. And this comes back to some of the martial arts. And, and a lot of times people are introduced into this with meditation or yoga because it's so applicable to business and investing and whatever we're doing. And and really, the, the moment we can find ourselves present 
we can actually see everything. And, and there's this misnomer that we, there's a, a law of attraction that we can just pull things into us. Like if we really think hard, a, a bag of money is going to fall from the sky and hit us in the head. And I don't think that that's true. What I think is true is that there's a law of awareness. And awareness comes from presence. And the more that you are present, the more you're going to see everything that you could ever imagine, desire, or want, or create right in front of you. And you're missing it now because you're not present. So finding a practice that pushes you into presence, you will see everything and you will find everything that you can ever imagine and want. So that's what I love talking about because it's so, it's so relevant to absolutely everyone. There's nobody that, that would say, I want to be less present. That's crazy. But, we, but the more presence we have, the more we actually get to live and, and create a life by design and not by default. I like that. So why do you think martial arts is more present than baseball or volleyball or tennis or jogging? In martial arts, Nancy, there's this thing called instant feedback. If you're not present, you end up with a fist in your face or you end up on the <laughs> ground. And it's a great teacher. It's, it's like when you make an investment and you lose money. The reason that it's so much more valuable to go and do an invest, investment, whether you're um, buying a piece of property or you're, you're buying a stock and you actually have real money because you feel it. There's, there's an emotional experience because money is emotional and it's almost a spiritual thing. If it's just an intellectual thing, if it's just a spreadsheet and you're practicing, it doesn't really matter. So martial arts, you learn presence because of instantaneous feedback and you start to experience something and you just go deeper and deeper into it. And every time you get off course or with yoga, you fall over. It's like immediate as soon as you're not thinking, as soon as you're not present with what's going on in your breath. I've fallen over in yoga before because you're right. I took my eye off the ball and or looked at somebody else and bam, it's really weird. Like all you do is change your, your head just a little bit to look at something and you're over. So let me ask my, my standard question, my signature question on the podcast. If you had one more hour in your day, what would you do with it? I would spend that hour connecting with people and it would be, it would be either physically or on the phone. I would spend more time with people. I guarantee you it wouldn't be doing work. Cool. That's a great answer. And for people who would like to work more closely with you, we didn't even talk about your company. Why don't you give us a little bit of information and your website and how they can connect with you? Best way to, to connect with me and to potentially work with me and just learn more about me is, is to go to totalcontrolfinancial.com. It's the, it, it's the, the place where I do my, my work, where I'm, I'm really helping people break out of financial bondage and giving them control, giving them the confidence to have control and, and drive their, their own financial ship. So it's, it's not about, there's no product to buy. There's, there's an opportunity to, to have a vehicle where you can kind of create your own life. But that's where you, that's where you can find my work, my, my books, and, and just the, the writings and things. So visit me there. That's, that's where you're going to get more. If this resonates, that's the perfect place to go. And why don't you give the website one more time? Yeah, it's, it's totalcontrolfinancial.com. Awesome. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you'd like to add? Yeah, there's, there's one thing that I, I suggest everybody does. If you want to learn something, if you want to grow, find ways to play in that space. Uh, the, the best way I know in terms of business and finance, if you want to understand that, find a way to play. The fastest way I know to do that is to play the board game that Robert Kiyosaki created called Cash Flow. It will help you understand yourself and kinesthetically you'll actually appreciate yourself and other people you play with in a different way than you can ever imagine. So play, play that one game and you, you can't even imagine what will happen with your life. It'll, it'll change because of a couple hours on a board game. We have that game. It's actually a super fun 
fun game, and it totally, you're right, it will change how you see things and how you invest and how you spend money. So very good advice. Damien, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show today. You provided lots of really interesting and valuable information. Listeners, download 100 Proven Systems You Need to Boost Results in Your Business. Go to nancygaines.com systems to get it now. And if you loved our show, please sub- subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes so other people can find us. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's Nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S, dot com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.